Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another live stream. Welcome back to another beautiful Friday. If you are listening to this after the fact uh, on my podcast, Sounds of the Future, I'm going to put this episode up for those of you who are here live. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of that. Uh, if you're watching this video after the fact, come join us next time. Uh, we go live every Friday right here on YouTube at noon central time in the U.S. So if you're watching this afterwards or you're listening to this on the podcast afterwards, I hope you'll come hop in next time for the real deal live thing. Come ask some questions. Come hang out. Come chat with me and everybody else who hangs out here and uh, get your questions answered. Or if you know a lot, you can answer somebody else's question. For those here, what's up? Uh, John, what's up, man? Thanks for hopping in today, dude. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm just going to ramble as I generally do while everybody hops in. I've said this many times, but I need to probably make the intro of the uh, live stream a little bit longer to give everybody time to like get their notifications and actually hop in. But you know what? It's on the to-do to list uh, if I can talk today. And we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> uh, the Bass Druid, what's up, man? Glad you're here. Glad to join again. Good. I like to hear it, man. I'm glad you're here today. Thanks for hopping in. Um, yeah, so it's a good day here. I am currently building a couple of websites and landing pages. I'm. Uh, if you've been here previously, then you'll know that I uh, am working on a course for all of the Facebook ads, Spotify traffic stuff. And I'm about three quarters of the way done with that. And I'm building out a website and a landing page for it today. So getting my super nerd on. Um, Brandon, what's up, dude? Thanks for hopping in today, man. I'm glad you're here. Been waiting a while to be here live. Yeah, I love it, dude. I'm glad you hopped in. This is great. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm working on a uh, <clears throat> landing page for the course and uh, building out the course. I'm kind of at a stopping point on that for now because um, I have like done the portion of the course where like I build out all the campaigns and now we have to wait for them to get results for a few weeks. So in the uh, settled point until I can finish out the very final bit of like analyzing the results and then getting in the strategy. So hopefully within the next, uh, I don't know, month or so, I'll be able to release it. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Boo Rose, what's up, dude? I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, man. I hope you're doing well, too. Thanks for hopping in today. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I need to use my ah, There we go. I can mute my microphone. So I, uh, I try to hear in the live stream, like I have this little, I can turn my mic on and off with a little hotkey. So if I clear my throat and stuff, try to get in the habit of turning the microphone off, but uh, I forget that I can do that sometimes. Zarvi, yo, no, you're not late at all, man. We're just getting going. Um, I'm glad you're here, man. Thanks for hopping in. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, we got a question, the base druid. There is so much going on with pixels, landing pages, audiences, etc. It's very hard to keep track of everything. Do you have a checklist or document you use for each release? Um. I don't, I have kind of like a mental checklist, but my intention is to put together a checklist of sorts of that kind of thing. And I'm really, excuse me, I'm really glad that you asked that because I've kind of gone back and forth on whether or not I was going to put together something like that. But 
I feel like maybe putting together some sort of a like, I don't know what I would call it, like maybe like a release planning outline or a release planning template or something uh, like that. I think that's a really good idea and just something that you can like, you can have like a fresh template for every release that you start to like, just basically go down the list. Did I do all the things? And then when that's done, you can have a fresh template copy and do it for the next one. And also I think like having an individual sheet for each release, but then also having like some sort of an annual maybe goal or list of, of things. It's kind of like a, a big overview of all of that. Like if you, sit down at the beginning of the year and write down your goals. Like I want to, I want to release six songs this year, one every two months. And then each, each song has its own schedule. And then you have the overarching schedule of that too, I think would be pretty powerful tool. So don't have it yet, but I definitely want to put something like that together. Cause that's a good idea. I think uh, I just got my own domain and I'm ready to start running conversions, but I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. I get that sentiment druid. Uh, it, it is a lot. It, it, once you do it more regularly, it a lot of it becomes sort of second nature and you just remember all the steps each time. But I do think writing it down is more powerful because it like basically like writing it down somewhere is you don't have to you can save yourself some hard drive space right in your brain. So I think it's a good idea to do that. Let's see. Broken T. Hey, Tom, can you review your stance on Submit Hub? I saw two of your videos and I'm not current on your stance. Okay. So <clears throat> my stance on submit hub, I think, I think submitting for individually curated playlists by individual playlisters uh, on platforms that charge money is not a, a, an effective use of your time or your budget period across the board. Uh, I think that learning how to, use direct marketing and uh, reach your audience on an individual level personally is a far better use of your resources, both in, both in terms of time and money. If you're not willing to let go of playlisting and you want to do it, I think that the best two platforms to do that are SubmitHub and Playlist Push. So that's my stance on SubmitHub and those two platforms. I think that um, Jason, who built SubmitHub, has... Uh, great uh intentions and has built a great platform i just and i think he's a good dude i just don't like playlisting in general so that's why i don't use submit hub anymore um i don't use any playlisting anymore because i i just don't think that it's a good use of time or money i don't think it's a good use of your resources because you are playlisting is kind of the new radio it's uh you're asking for somebody else's permission to show your music to an audience when you could just build your own audience. Uh, you know, like Coca-Cola, when they drop a new product, they don't go to an advertising agency and ask that agency for permission to show their new Coca-Cola product to people. Coca-Cola just buys advertising space and they run their ads. Um, and that's the same for any company who has built anything. So, Music entertainment is is uh, rife with gatekeepers. Entertainment in general, both music and film, as far as I'm aware, uh, and a lot of other media, really seems to rely on this notion that 
an artistic individual is incapable of conducting themselves as a business. And I simply don't think that that's the world we live in anymore. I think that every single person in here um, is an entrepreneur. And I think I would venture to say that every single one of you knows you're an entrepreneur. You're an artistic, you're a creative individual, but you're also an entrepreneur. And I think that it was easy to get away with treating artists not as entrepreneurs for a very long time throughout history, because historically speaking, people who create things don't really conduct their business very well. But I think that that's changing. And so I think that the need for gatekeepers to conduct business on our behalf is diminishing. So long-winded answer. Um, let's see, Boo Rose, I just released a new song today, and I feel like I'm going to be asking a ton of questions in today's live. So sorry in advance, dude. No apology necessary. I promise. I'm glad you're going to ask questions. Questions are great. That's what keeps these live streams going. <laughs> Bulldozer, what's up, man? Um, hi, Tom. I was watching your new toned in video. Okay. I had the same con configuration, but I always point my release campaigns to the song and not the profile. I was not sure if you always link to your profile. Great question. And I probably should have done a little bit better job of clarifying that in that video. For release campaigns, I do the same thing. I send to the song specifically on release day and for that window of time that I run it as a release campaign. And my growth campaign is where I send to the profile because the purpose of the release campaign is to get streams so that you, you pump that release up initially. The purpose of the growth campaign is to get followers, which will turn into longtime listeners and streams. So two different versions there. In that video, I was showcasing the setup for the growth campaign. Zarvi, let's see, Bitcoin this week, extremely volatile. Never expected that coming. Yeah, dude, for real. I, um, the one that I've, the two that I've really en been enjoying watching lately are Cardano and Solana. Uh, Solana has just skyrocketed and Cardano. I mean, Cardano's had a little bit of a correction, but man, they both just took an uptick recently. And I honestly, I like both of those. Um, both the, the, I, I mean, I guess they're both, uh, chains. So, um, I like both of them. I think they're really cool technology and I'm really bullish on Cardano personally. I think Cardano has, it might be a sleeping giant. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to make predictions. Um, let's see, Brandon, I have a big question about targeting and ad sets. Okay. Uh, I've gathered my data to create my custom audiences and lookalikes, but my audience definition is unavailable. Can we talk about ad set audiences today? Yeah, man, absolutely. Of course. Um, so Let's see. Uh, your definition unavailable is pretty standard fare for that kind of thing because it's going to calculate it based on the countries you target inside your ad set. So it's never going to be able to give you like a specific number of people initially. Um, and in your in your audience manager, it's not going to be able to do that either. If you I think I think it can if you input the countries at the lookalike level. But if you have been in, been running ads long enough and your ads manager updates, you no longer have to put in the territories at the lookalike level. You just create a 1% lookalike period, boom, it's done. And then you put in the territories at the ad set level, in which case it won't be available at the lookalike level in the audience manager either. Uh, Thomas, let's see, uh, your question. I have a release campaign running right now with my audience open, uh, open wide, just targeting pop and everybody from 18 to 65. Absolutely no conversions. It's got 1500 impressions though. Keep it going. Interesting. <coughs> uh, well, 
I don't know how long you've been running that. If you, I guess you did it today. Hopefully you dropped your song today. 1500 impressions isn't a ton. Um, I would double check that you're, you're targeting enough countries because you've got wide open ages and you're targeting pop. Okay. And pop music is a huge audience. Make sure you have enough countries in there. And also see where those impressions are coming from as well. Because if you're getting a ton of impressions from like, you know, a country that's not going to convert very well, let's say like Bangladesh, uh, like I have an ad set I'm running right now that I'm testing that um, is getting a lot of traffic in Bangladesh, but no, hardly any conversions. So that's why that one pops into my head. But if it's something like that, then maybe duplicate the ad set, remove some stuff, keep it going. Bestiario, what's up, man? Uh, I just got 24 listeners in a song and 29 saves. How is that possible? <laughs> First of all, it's awesome. Um, so you might have had somebody save the song and not actually listen to it. That's one. Or somebody may have uh, saved it, unsaved it, saved it again. I think that might count. Probably the former, though. Uh, let's see. Broken teeth. Thank you for answering. Uh, you're very welcome, man. Bestiaria. What about blogs and submit hub? So that's a good question too, man. Blogs. Um, <clears throat> blogs. My opinion, and this is, this can be super unpopular with people who run blogs and have playlists that they make money off of. But my opinion is it's that it's a blogger's job to find talent to feature on their blog. Like, and it's a playlister's job to find talent to feature on their playlist. Um, I don't. So we'll take playlisters out of it because the only way playlisters have to monetize is to get you to pay to be considered. Uh, there, there are no advertising features on playlists. It's like if you want to make money from your playlist, you got to charge people to submit to your playlist or to just pay to be on your playlist. Right. For blogs, it's different. Bloggers can make a lot of money off of advertising on their blogs. Um, there's a lot of ways to monetize a blog outside of monetizing people submitting to be considered for the blog. Now, the argument can be made that how will a blog discover you if you don't make yourself available and known by submitting your music to them? Uh, and that's a valid argument. But at the same time, if a blogger is hardworking and has good taste and good work ethic, they're going to look and, and try to find new artists to feature on their blog. So, on the one hand, you paying money to submit to a blog, it, it, it entitles a lot of blogger. I'm not going to say this like across the board, but it gives it gives a lot of bloggers the liberty to be lazy and just accept what comes to them and not have to work hard to curate a good blog. And I think that sort of undermines the point of being good at blogging. So if you're a good blogger, you're going to do the work to make your blog good. Like I put in the work every day to try to make this channel good. Um, and sometimes I fail and sometimes I succeed. Uh, but I'm not having people submit ideas to me, pay me for ideas for videos. Right. Um, so I think a blog is kind of the same. I am not a fan of paying to submit to anybody who is a gatekeeper, blogger, playlister kind of period across the board. Uh, I think it's a better move to try to potentially establish a rapport with someone who runs a blog rather than going through like a third party system and paying money to submit to them. So if a blog has a form on their site, 
we want submissions, da 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 da, that's free, I think that's not a bad use of time. It is a use of time, uh, but going through a third party party to submit to a blog doesn't feel as effective to me. Again, long answer. Basically, I, I'm just not a big fan of like, like paying Peter to get to Paul so Paul can tell Saul. <laughs> right? And I, I'm just going to go to him. So that that's just kind of the way I view things. Um. Let's see, Dylan, yo, Tom, been using learning Facebook marketing for a few months now, okay, with toned-in landing pages. Do you know if any analytics still exist for us post-iOS 14 on results by things like country replacement, et cetera? Man, <clears throat> so uh, this one's tough. There's some stuff on toned-in, obviously. You can see your breakdown on Spotify, but the closest you can get on Facebook now is by impression. So you can't see by link-click landing page view or by, um, well, I guess you, uh, maybe you can see by link click, but you can't see landing page view or by conversion, which is super frustrating, but you can sort of track it by impressions. It, it's not as good as what it once was, but it is some semblance of an idea of kind of what's happening. Let's see. Kaylin. Hey, Tom, Tomden was down all of last night and the whole morning and it completely threw off my release campaign. And now the costs have skyrocketed over the roof. Oh man, that's frustrating. I'm sorry, Kalen. That makes a lot of sense, though. I, I'm really glad you shared that because um, I had uh, I'm running two conversion campaigns right now, and they started out double what they normally do this morning. And I was like, huh, wonder what's going on. And so that makes a lot of sense. But they've since lowered, I guess, because they got it back up and running. Let's see. Killed. Uh, well, in, in response to that, again, uh, I will say, Kalen, not again, but also. Um, Keep it going because now that they've gotten it fixed, it should settle back out. I know it's not off to a great start, but don't give up yet. I will say, keep it going uh, at least for a couple of days and kind of see what happens, what shakes out with it. Let's see. Killed Dusty. Hi, Tom. Hey, dude. Uh, I was wondering what placements are, you're currently using. I tried automatic and most conversions didn't turn into real streams. Yeah. Dev, uh, never do automatic placements pretty much ever automatic is the easy button and they do that for a reason to make it feel like you're moving fast I'll always do manual placements no matter what you're doing um i am still only using stories placements i love them they have been very very effective for me so that's what i recommend let's see emmanuel hi tom how's it going hope you've had a great week man i've had an awesome week i hope you have too dude uh, let's see, uh, bulldozer, uh, testing six is, is testing six audio versions of your ad set too much. I plan for a thousand clicks for each release during the first week. Uh, no. So six ads inside of one ad set is not too much. It is the limit that you want to go to. Uh, I like between three and six, but no more than six, six ad sets. Uh, if that's what you're asking is a lot, but if you're patient and you have the time and the budget, totally fine. It's just going to take longer for things to get out of the learning phase. If you're content to be patient and not touch anything, you'll be okay. Let's see. Burrows, when you're keeping track of the data from your new release in your data chart, do you input the data every day at the same time? If so, what time? Uh, so I, I always check... Uh, to make sure that Spotify for artists has updated. But so every day what I do is I record the previous day's results. 
So if I write data down today, it's actually data for Thursday, but I have to make sure Facebook updates instantaneously. So I can always look at yesterday at like midnight, but sometimes Spotify for artists won't update until 5 PM. Usually it updates. Um, I think at, um, I want to say it. I'm trying to remember when it updates. I think it usually updates some time like mid morning for me. Um, but I always just make sure that it's showing the data, all the data from yesterday. And then I record that. Let's see offline. Are you going to make a video over Google ads for music? I really need help figuring out the best way to do it, to get results, man. Uh, I am not, I, it is something that I would like to cover eventually. Yes. But it's not something that I am viewing as imminent for the channel, uh, because I am in the, what I, my content strategy has sort of evolved as I've tested tons of stuff over the, over the last year and have really become kind of like a Facebook ads guy. Uh, even though that's not what I set out to do on the channel. Um, I just sort of leaned into what people were asking for and wanted to see, uh, which, you know, <laughs> so in, in this example, I would lean into Google ads. Right. Um, but what I really want to do is, is build out, a. uh, network of content about what I am referring to as uh, the artist tech stack. And for me, initially that is Instagram as a hub uh, connected to Spotify for music and Shopify for merchandise, all of that sort of seamlessly into Instagram with Facebook ads as the driver of paid advertising to market all that stuff. And you can make that into sort of like a, you know, a three, like a piece symbol flywheel, uh, with Instagram in the middle as the hub there to grow yourself as an artist. And then eventually, once I've sort of tackled this initial wheel, I'd like to go out in a concentric circle and probably start to include uh, Google advertising and YouTube in there. And then at some point as well, we'll take another level out and we'll start taking on like TikTok and things like that. But I want to be really deliberate in how I build out this sort of concentric circle uh, kind of network of the artist tech stack in a way that I prioritize what I feel is the most important stuff first. And I think the most important thing right now is getting a really solid foundation of turning your business as an artist uh, profitable. So you stop spending money on your hobby and start making money from your business so that you can quit the day job and just spend your time in here. And you know, you drop 12 songs a year or whatever it is and you make your $50,000 a year, whatever it is you need to make. And uh, then we can start to scale outward, I think. So yes, Google ads and YouTube is something I want to cover, but I want to get to these other things first. Long answer to your question. <laughs> uh, let's see. HM, I'm a bit out of the loop. Is it true that the swipe up function is getting scrapped? Uh, I have not heard that. Well, I need to change my ad creative. I haven't, I haven't heard about that at all. Um, I can't see that happening. I'll have to look that up. In fact, I'm going to write that down because I will forget. I will forget you guys. Swipe up gone from IG. Okay. There it is written down. Uh, Bestiaria. What about making a playlist with the release on top and the rest of your own songs below and make people go to that playlist instead of profile or new release that is a great strategy, Bestiario. That is a playlisting strategy that is wonderful. 
Uh, and if you want to do, if you wanted to add on top of that and like collaborate with some other artists who are similar to you and have a collective playlist that you all send people to, and you can say, you know, let's say, let's say there's four of you, everybody's releasing one single a month. You put all four of your catalogs in that playlist. And every time one of you drops a new single, you move that to the top for a week. So everybody gets one week a month where their newest song is at the top of the list and the rest of them just sort of check down over time. So it's always one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That kind of a thing is a wonderful collaborative playlisting method. Uh, and sending traffic to your playlist is a wonderful method as well. It's going to get you a lot more streams than it will followers, but it's a very effective strategy. In an ideal world, you would probably have a growth campaign running, a release campaign for every release. And if you have the budget and the time, adding in that playlisting feature as well of your own curated playlist of your own body of work. So I think it's a great method. Let's see. Intact. Hey, man, nice to be here again. Cool. I'm glad you're here, man. Uh, really appreciate your tips from the last session we, I was in. Awesome. You're very welcome. Uh, my growth campaign is doing great. I never thought it would work out. Dude, I'm so glad it's working. That's killer. Congratulations. Uh, let's see. B-Star. Have you noticed a difference in your number of view, of view content events, if I can read, uh, and unique link clicks in your Facebook ads since the iOS 14 change? Man, I haven't... I haven't noticed uh, a real significant change. I'll be honest. I've heard of a lot of people experiencing a lot of change, but I have not seen a huge drop off in my results um, kind of at all. Honestly, uh, I think it's, I'm trying to, you know, it's been a minute since I updated all my stuff to that. Right. So I'm trying to remember what sort of adjustments I made outside of what I covered in videos. And I think it really is just like continuing to run ads, continuing to, to get better at it. Um, I think that there is some certainly some frustration with reporting. You can't see your like specific breakdown or demographic stuff about who's actually clicking, which is frustrating. So it's tougher to figure out your consumer base. But um, outside of that, I haven't seen a lot of negative um, for me personally. Uh, let's see, Mentat. Thanks for everything you shared. Hey, no problem. Uh, has really helped my promotion. Cool. Got my first algorithmic pickup and a track this month. That's what's up. I love to hear it, man. Killer. Uh, that's awesome. I still have yet to get an algorithmic ad, so hopefully one day. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Druid, are you open to having other producers remix any of your releases? I'm basically trying to say I want to remix Lions. <laughs> If not, no biggie, but I wanted to ask. Uh, yes, I'm definitely open to that. In fact, you are not the first person who has asked specifically to remix that song. So um, what my plan is, is I'm going to take uh, all of the vocal releases I've dropped over the last couple of years, and I'm going to do a waterfall double EP album drop of those just to test uh, and just kind of so I can share results with you guys on a waterfall release. And then I want to drop remixes of everything too. So my plan is to crowdsource basically our community here and say, Hey, if you want to remix a track, drop your name in the hat here, you know, I'll put up like a type form or something. Select the track you want to um, remix. Are you open to remix a different track? If you don't get that one, whatever, I'll figure it out. But um, yes, I want to do remixes of all of the songs. I would love to do a remix record. Um, 
of everything. Well, I I probably I'll, I probably won't go the method of like here are five remixes of Lions all by different people. I'll probably go the method of like I'm going to drop one album of remixes and each remix each song will be remixed by somebody different. That's I think that's the plan I want to do as of now. Short answer, yes, I want to do remixes of my songs because I think that would be a ton of fun. Um, let's see. Mintata sometimes save stuff to listen later. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Thomas, tier one and tier two Spotify countries. Uh, what is that in reference to, Thomas? Uh, is that your earlier question? Um, yeah, maybe so. Uh, so if you're, <clears throat> yeah, if you have tier one and tier two Spotify countries, um, check the tier two ones and see. Uh, if there's anything in there, Let's see fabulous. I have a friend with an upcoming release. I'm trying to turn him on the Facebook marketing for his release. Do you have a specific video you recommend as a launching point? Uh, yeah, there's probably three. Um, if you want to get him like into it, pick uh, either the one where Lions has reached a hundred thousand streams. Lions got forty thousand streams in the first month, or Hero got thirty thousand streams in the first month, just to like show him that it's possible. So you can be like, oh, wow, okay. And then after that, I would send him to the video where I talk about the two separate types of campaigns I run, the growth campaign and the release campaign. I think that's kind of a good primer to get him started. Uh, intact. Question, is it normal that generally speaking, cost per conversion is higher when doing retargeting? I've experienced that cold acquisition is converting way better and way cheaper. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, so the reason it's going to be higher with retargeting is because when you throw the net wide and you have like 50 million people you can look at, Facebook can just like find anybody and show them the ad. If you have a retargeting pool of a thousand people, it's got to, Facebook's got to wait till they're online and it has to bid against other advertisers for their attention. So your bid is going to be higher and your cost is just going to be higher as a result because it has to find uh, specific people. It's kind of like finding a needle in a haystack uh, instead of a big wide group of people. Um, let's see, uh, just shy. What about using toned in ads? Um, so I like, I like running my ads from the Facebook platform directly, but I use toned in for their landing pages and all their features and stuff. I just don't run ads directly through their platform. Cause I think there's benefit to just learning the system on Facebook. Cause you can apply it kind of scaling up to other things once you get good at it. Uh, kill dusty. What tier one and two countries do you recommend? So I just, I, I target all Spotify territories with conversion ads. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. That was a weird cough. Um, I, uh, we're doing it live. Um, I target all Spotify territories. If I'm going to trim that down and leave anything out to make my life easier, what I usually do is if you Google where is Spotify available, there are six continent breakdowns of all the countries where it's available in each continent. I will, I make six different saved lists of territories by continent in Spotify, North America, South America, Europe, Oceania, Africa, Asia. I will just target uh, North and South America, Europe and Oceania, and I will leave off Africa and Asia. That's just the simplest way that I will start cutting countries out. And it, 
I mean, I leave out some countries that get good traffic and like have good listenership, like Japan and Taiwan. Um, but just to make my life easier, instead of like poking through and finding specific countries, I just do it by continent. And I know that might sound lazy, but it's effective. Uh, let's see, just shy. Uh, and they just notified me about not being able to target people under 18. Yes. So, um, that is, if I, if I remember correctly, Thailand and Indonesia, um, and eight under 18 kind of worldwide. So in general, I don't recommend targeting anybody under 18. Anyway, I find that the most active group of listeners that coincides with good advertising results, uh, on Spotify is 18 to about 34. So that's really your sweet spot. Most of the time i and most of the bot traffic I've ever gotten in my life comes from under 18 years old. So I probably wouldn't target under 18 anyway. Zarvi, how do you explain uh, NFT to a kid or a 90 year old who has no idea what it is? Okay. Interesting. Off the, man, you put me on the spot here. Okay. So off the, um, off the cuff, how would I explain an NFT to a kid or a 90 year old who has no idea what it is? Well, the first thing you have to do is, uh, you have to back out of using terms like blockchain and crypto because that's just, you've lost them, right? It's basically like <clears throat> it is an NFT is a digital, digitally rare item. So it's a rare item. Imagine what, what's a rare item in the world that everybody knows about, like the crown jewels in England, the crown jewels. Uh, I believe they're in what, like the London tower, tower of London. Um, are very rare. They're one of a kind. Uh, you, they have them on display. People can go look at them. Most people around the world know what the crown jewels are. Uh, they're very, very rare. An NFT is just like that, but it's digital. Uh, it is written with code and math in such a way that it cannot be copied. It cannot be replicated. If you own it, you actually own it. It's real. It has value. And nobody else has it in the world. So it's one of a kind. Or somebody can make an NFT like a baseball card. So if you collect baseball cards or stamps or bottle caps or rare coins, anything like that, these things have value. And the more rare it is, the more that value appreciates over time. So you can buy it, sit on it, and then flip it later. So if you have you know, a one of a kind uh, Ken Griffey Jr., baseball card that's in mint condition and none, none exist anywhere else in the world. And you sit on that thing for 20 years, you're going to sell it for a lot more money than you bought it for. So it's exactly like that, but it's digital. And that's what throws people off. It's like, if you can't hold it in your hand and I can't pick it up and hold it, um, then people think that it has no value, but that's, that's the part you have to kind of make people understand is just because it's digital doesn't mean it doesn't have value. Take the stock market. All of the all of the money, all of the valuations of every company on the stock market, almost all of that is held in digital numbers in a computer. That has value. I mean, the Amazon doesn't have two trillion dollars of cash in a vault like Scrooge McDuck. Like that money is that value is listed digitally as a number stored in a database. An NFT is the same thing. So it is a digitally, it is a rare, scarce digital item that you can buy and sell like a piece of art or a stamp or anything else. I hope that's a good answer. 
Uh, Broken T. Tom, if I take up the offer to pay for your time, uh, do you have hard out or if we get into a topic, can we resolve it before we end our combo? Hey, super chat. Thanks for the super chat, Broken T. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Thanks. Uh, as I read your question. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm, so I'm assuming your stance uh, on using Fiverr is now different. Uh, it depends on what you're using Fiverr for, Broken T. Um, if you're using Fiverr to promote your music, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. Uh, my old videos on that were really more to test it, not because it was less because I was like, well, this is definitely going to you know make me break. I just wanted to see what it was about. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of paying for services on that to promote your music either. If you want to pay somebody to help promote your music, I would find someone reputable um, who has front-facing content that explains what they do and how and uh, find somebody who you can sort of like develop a rapport and a trust with. Like I think that, um, you know, if like let's say Andrew Southworth uh, built an agency to run ads for people, like I would totally trust him because he's proven himself trustworthy in the market by making a ton of content and you know who he is. So kind of take that approach. Like uh, that's what I would do if I was looking for somebody to spend money to promote my music. Um, so your question, if I take up the offer to pay for your time, do you have a hard out or if we get into a topic, can we resolve it before we end our combo? So all of my consultation slots are one hour. And so, yes, I do have a hard out um, because usually what the case is, is I have a call at the end of that hour as well. I stack them together. Um, but if we aren't able to resolve it, you'll have to book a second consultation to get it resolved. Um, but usually I find, I mean, 90% of the consultations I've done, we've gotten it worked out in the one call. So no big deal. Uh, Bestiario, is it possible that now you can create lookalikes without the 100 interaction and content view? I had an audience with pixel interaction, no click below a thousand and it allows me to create on many countries. Uh, so what you need well, below a below a thousand or below a hundred. Uh, so you just need a hundred in one country, um, not like, and you can apply that to multiple different countries, right? So if you have a hundred in Brazil, you can make a lookalike for any country in the world based on that group of people in Brazil. And the more people you get from other countries, the richer that lookalike becomes, and the more targeted and narrow it becomes over time. But I think the one hundred threshold is still active. Uh, Boo Rose, after three days of a, a release campaign, do you reduce budget or just turn it off? Also, if reducing budget, how much would you reduce by and will it then go back into learning phase? First of all, I'm really glad that I got all of the abbreviations in there. Um, <laughs> so it depends on how well it performs. If it performs amazingly and knocks it out of the park, I'll just turn it off. But I've gotten more into the habit now of committing like $300 to a release campaign instead of 150 if it's a if your budget is 150, I'd turn it off after three days, and I'd run fifty dollars a day. If you can afford 300, I would scale it back by 50 percent on the fourth day on Monday. So go from 50 to 25 dollars, and then I would let it run out until uh, you run out your budget. Let's see, Reben, hi Tom, yo. Uh, been a by using Toned In, I'm running a Facebook conversion ad without a domain. So is the cost still based on people clicking Spotify from Toned In landing page or just clicking the landing page? If you are running a conversion ad, if it is actually a conversion ad, then it's still the button click on your page. If you are running it through Toned In, it's likely a traffic ad because I think that's all they will let you run at this point. But 
if you are using fanlink.to in a conversion campaign, you can actually do that because uh, the settings for toned in, they set the fanlink, they own fanlink.to. They set the aggregated events inside of their Facebook ad manager. View content is an event they have had, they've added and they allow other people to use their domain. It's all settings they, they control. Because they allow other people to use their domain and view content is attached, you can technically run ads on fanlink.to with the view content event. So if that's what you're doing, it's still technically the conversion campaign and view content in the button on the page is still valid. Uh, let's see, Sonny, what do you think about the idea to run a live music playlist uh, of any genre on their YouTube channel like people are doing nowadays to gain subscribers? Honestly, I love that method. Uh, like I'm a big fan of the 24 hour live stream, low five, you know, chill study beats live stream. I would love to figure out a way to, I'm sure there's a way to do it and I'm sure that people do it. Um, but for example, there is a, there's a lo-fi station I've listened to in the past on Apple music called chill sky radio. And, uh, I don't. I haven't been able to find their live stream elsewhere, but they run a continuous live stream on Apple Music. I would love to figure out a way to run a continuous twenty-four hour cycle live stream that broadcasts like live to YouTube, live to Apple Music Radio, and like live to Spotify. If there's a way to do that on there too, like basically just sending out the signal everywhere, I think it would be really cool. So I'm a big fan of that. Let's see, Dylan, Spotify for Artists usually updates around 11 a.m. Eastern, I think, at least for me. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. That sounds that sounds right. Uh, okay, 11 a.m. for you to noon. John, it's a day where I'm really excited to see the results, in which case it updates at 5. Dude, that's the truth. <laughs> Let's see, uh, Liam, which countries tend to convert well to follow on Instagram by using page view or link click on the Facebook ad? So I do um, link. I, I'm the one I'm testing right now is link clicks for Instagram ads. And um, the countries that have done well for me are uh, I, I've been getting followers from Russia, which is no surprise because that's where my music does the best. Um, Brazil, Mexico, also no surprise because that's where my music does well as well. Uh, but also from the, the UK, uh, some Germany. Um, there's another country that I just lost. I was thinking of it and I lost it. Uh, but yeah, those countries. Let's see. Uh, offline got banned from Facebook ads. Oh no. Did I? I froze. <laughs> Let's see here. I froze you guys. I'm sorry. Hang on. see if it comes back see if I can get it to come back here try one more time sorry I hope y'all are still here and being patient with me I hope it's not the stream and it's just the camera there we go okay I'm back uh yeah sorry about that um so uh, got banned for Facebook ads for no reason. That is why I'm in this position. They literally won't tell me why. Oh yeah. That's frustrating, dude. Um, 
try to get it worked out. Uh, if you can't, you may have to start from scratch with some stuff. That sucks, I know, but um, hopefully you'll get it fixed pretty quick. Uh, let's see. Lonnie, swipe up was getting wiped from the app natively for people with uh, 10K plus followers. Ads should be untouched, to my knowledge. FYI. Okay. Thanks, Lonnie. Good looking out. I'm, I appreciate the answer on that. You know, more than I do. <laughs> I'm going to look that up anyway, though, and just learn a little bit more about it because that's a little frustrating. It's probably I wonder if they're doing that to disincentivize people from like trying to just like get to 10K for no reason other than to have swipe up. That's interesting. Let's see, Dave ads running a week custom audience from a previous video views yesterday cost was 59 cents and has been as low as 37 Today so far it's 119. How does that happen? How to get consistently low costs? So today, if you're using Toned In, that's probably why Toned In apparently was down last night for a while, and uh, that has led to increased cost per conversion for everybody who's using Toned In. That's so that's probably the reason. Um, let's see, Brandon, I'm using Toned In with Facebook ads uh, conversion ads. It's been about twenty dollars. And getting 14 click-throughs on toned in is my cost per view good or am I doing bad? Um, if you spent 20 bucks and got 14 clicks, that's not very good. Uh, you definitely want to get a lot more than that for $20. So I would I would see what you can do to adjust some targeting or whatnot to get that down. <clears throat> see, Emmanuel, I want to drop an album next month as it's a story that each track flows into. Okay. When creating the ad, should I use multiple songs from the album or just use the same track? Last album I'll release after this, I'll stick to single releases. I would pick one song. Um, what you can do it a couple ways. Let's say you have 12 songs for ease of math. Two ad sets, one song per ad, six ads in each ad set. Find the song that works the best. Once you found the song that works the best, then test six different sections of that specific song in an ad set and find the section of that song that works the best. That's probably the way to do it. Or whichever song you push to be considered for editorial playlists on Spotify and is the one that's going to end up on release radar, just push that song and do six sections of that song. Let's see, Brian, uh, just dropped a new single today. Okay, awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, although Toned In did mess up the campaign a little bit, but I'm still happy because I got into a small 50,000 follower Spotify playlist. Thank you, Tom, for everything. Man, that's killer, dude. Congratulations, man. I'm glad that uh, the Toned In hiccup isn't isn't crushing your release. That's honestly a relief. <laughs> Let's see, Intact, the album remix is a good idea. Competition, mission accepted. Dude, actually, yeah, that's a great idea. Competition, I like it. Like, do a remix of the song you like, and uh, I'll pick the best one. That's a good idea. I'm into that. Uh, let's see. Reben. Hey, Tom, is it better to click on detailed targeting expansion or off? So this is going to depend on um, where, like, where you are in your advertising sort of uh, experience, your cycle. If you're pretty new to it and you haven't done a lot of advertising, I would not do that. I would only, the earliest I would turn it on is like after a few weeks to a month of advertising, like warm up your account with an awareness campaign, a traffic campaign, run conversions for a week or two, and then test expanded against that. 
but not until you have some data coming in consistently would I turn that on. So don't just turn it on out of the gate. Let's see. Uh, Burroughs. Uh, I remember you said you need 100 conversions per country for something regarding custom and lookalike, but wondering if you could expand that further. Do you need to make the custom audience and run that first before making a lookalike? Yes. So it's a good idea to go ahead and make a custom audience immediately when you start running ads because it's just going to sit there and collect everything that you dump into it. So there's no barrier to making a custom audience. So when you, as soon as you make your ads, uh, go ahead and make a custom audience for 95% video views and a custom audience for people who click the button for view content on your landing pages. And then once you have some traffic coming into those, <clears throat> once you get like, you can look by impression uh, by country breakdown in your ads if you want to, but Odds are, if you have a thousand people in any one of those two custom audiences, you're probably going to have close to a hundred from one country. So test making a lookalike from that, but you do have to make the custom to make the lookalike off of it. Okay, uh, so retargeting is more expensive. Had the same thought. Uh, do you run retargeting then on a longer period and add a bid limit? This is what I did, but of course went very slow with conversions. So I actually put my retargeting and my lookalikes in the same audience. So for Spotify, now if, if, if I were doing an e-commerce campaign and I had like a, a tiered advertising scheme of ad sets where like I have a campaign to sell this black t-shirt, I would have an ad set that optimizes for purchases. Then I would have one that optimizes for initiates checkout. And in that initiate checkout, I would retarget people who, uh, or in the purchase one, I would retarget people who initiated checkout uh, but didn't make a purchase. And in the initiate checkout, I would target people who added to cart but didn't initiate checkout and so on and so forth. For, for, for sending traffic to Spotify, I put my retargeting custom audiences and my lookalike audiences in one. That way it's sending, it's pulling in new, new cold, warm, and warm people who have seen ads before. So it kind of mixes it all together. And I like it that way because it's, it doesn't split things out like budget wise for me. Uh, let's see, Dave toned in is telling me that 59% are clicking through. What are good results for a landing page? Uh, 50, 59, we could do a little better than that. Um, I like to see above 70, 75, uh, on the low end, personally, anything above 80, 85 is really good to me. So I really like it in there. Uh, let's see, Broken Tea, thank you for all your info and time, bro. You don't have to share, but you do, and you're appreciated. Man, thank you so much, Broken Tea. I appreciate you, dude. And thanks again for the super chat. Or I guess that's a super sticker. Um, but whatever it is, it is super, and I appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Um. Let's see, El Lucador. Any thoughts on audio? It feels both like a great investing opportunity and an inflated token, kinda. So I haven't been tracking the price of audio very closely lately, but I am a fan, and this is not investment advice, this is my personal uh, way I approach it. Uh, I am a fan of just kind of gaining a little bit of exposure to a bunch of different crypto assets. So 20 bucks here, 50 bucks there, and then just sit on it and forget it. So 
Uh, owning a little bit of audio, I think, is not a bad idea if you are bullish on the 10-year, 20-year plan for cryptocurrencies. If you're bullish on that platform and crypto at large for the long term, then I like the idea of just getting a little bit and sitting on it. Let's see. Jay. Okay. What is the goal with music marketing? Is it to make a profit or is it just to get people to listen? Well, uh, in an ideal world, Jay, both. Uh, So if I could boil it down, I would say the goal of music marketing is to build a profitable business that scales. And it just so happens that our businesses are built predominantly off of our own creative work in the form of music. But what you really want, like any entrepreneur who starts a business, what you really want is to find, you want to, first of all, you want to create value in the market. You want to make a product that people want and they want to keep coming back for. So you want to make a good product. Then you want to find the people who love your product, your customers. So with music marketing, we want to put our product in front of multiple people so that we can find those specific people who are really going to love what we do. And then from there, you want to establish a revenue stream that ultimately turns profitable based off of that so that you can continue to do that. So you can continue to put value into the marketplace in the form of your music for the people who find value in it, your customers or your fan base. So it's really about building a business that allows you to continue to put value into the market and receive financial benefit from it so that you can continue to do it over and over again. So it's basically building a business. It's just specific to this niche, which is why we refer to it as music marketing and not just, you know, entrepreneurship, like a big wide blanket term like that. Um, let's see, Emmanuel, you're very welcome, dude. Uh, BCR, does Spotify still check the new release once it's released for editorial playlists? To my knowledge, yes, they do. Uh, let's see. Burroughs, when you mention all Spotify territories, do you use legacy countries or all the new ones? Earlier, I heard you say something about not including Africa and Asia because, uh, could you explain in what cases do you use all continents and in what other cases you use selective continents? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and BCRO, isn't it audience? Yes. The audio token is audience. That's correct. So the, with all territories, we'll start there. All territories is um, anything new that I'm running now that I'm testing and and building up the course I'm working on for this specifically. I'm using every current country that's listed on Spotify's website, all of them. Um, Jay, you're welcome, dude. Um, so whatever the current list of countries is, that's what I'm using right now. When I say all territories. I, I will not use Africa and Asia when I'm doing anything other than uh, a conversion campaign. So if I am warming up an ad account, I'm going to start with an awareness campaign and I'm going to split. You know, I think most people in here are probably familiar with the three tier system, the three tiers of countries, tier one, tier two, tier three, and you cap the budget of tier three, right? So it doesn't spend all of your money. I like to split it into two tiers. I think three tiers is a little bit extra. Um, So I will split it into two tiers of Europe, Oceania, North America, South America. That's tier one. Tier two is Africa and Asia. Uh, And the reason is because most of the like 
high traffic, low cost traffic uh, comes from Africa and Asia. So because I'm optimizing for uh, like impressions in an awareness campaign and add recall lift, uh, I'll tier one, those four and tier two, those two continents, and I'll cap the budget at uh, 10%, $1 for a $10 day ad spend. I'll, as I'm warming it up, I'll move from awareness and then I'll do a traffic campaign. I'll do the same thing. I'll do two tiers. Tier one is those four continents. Tier two is those two continents cap budget $1 a day. When I get to conversion campaigns, I will dump all six continents into one ad set and I won't cap anything because the high traffic, low cost countries are not likely, if it's a bot, it's not likely to trigger a conversion event. So it's not going to get prioritized. Uh, and it's not going to count towards my ad spend, really. Um, once Facebook figures out that these impressions aren't converting, it's going to stop showing ads to those people. So um, that's what I mean by that. I also will, sometimes I will forego including Asia and Africa entirely if someone is having trouble getting decent results with their ads. If they've been running ads for a couple of weeks and having a hard time. Like if somebody, you know, wants to hop on a consultation call with me and we get in there and, th and that's what's going on sometimes, but like, all right, look, we're going to make, we're going to make a campaign and we're going to make some ad sets. And we're just not even going to worry about Africa and Asia right now. Nothing but love for them, but we want to just kind of focus this energy away from them for a minute so that we can get some traffic that turns into results we're actually looking for. And then when Facebook knows what we're looking for, then we'll pull them back in and Facebook will find what we're looking for in these continents as well. Uh, so that's sometimes when I'll do it too. But for the most part, I include everything in one ad set, unless I'm doing something like a trigger countries ad set, which is just the top 30 countries that I'm getting listened to on Spotify. Let's see, Bestiario, it was great to be here. Thanks for today. Man, you're so welcome. Thanks for hopping in today, man. I'm glad you were here too. Uh, Brian C., Tom, another quick question regarding toned in going down earlier today. Should we pause the campaign if something like that happens? Does that mess up the learning phase? Um, I wouldn't pause the campaign. What I would do is pray to the advertising gods that toned in gets it worked out very quickly. Um, if you pause the campaign and they're down, um, if they're down for more than 24 hours, I'd probably turn the campaign off. Yes. If, if they're not and you turn it off, then you've kind of compounded your difficulties. So not only is this not working, but now this is going to have to like churn back up and refigure it out all over again. I mean, it's kind of a lose-lose setup. It's like, do you want to get punched in the left eye or the right eye? Uh, so I if it were me, I wouldn't turn it off. Like if it's me, I wouldn't turn it off. But um if it goes on for a day, like a full day and I wake up the next day and it's still not working, like then I turn it off and I just wait it out to, to find out what's happening with it. Let's see, Burrow, since my single drop today, yes. Uh, would you wait until tomorrow to input the data from yesterday for day one in the spreadsheet? Yes, that's exactly what I do. So what's the, the things that are occurring today for your release, I will get on my spreadsheet tomorrow and I will record them under the column for today. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. So I have a column for Friday, 
everything that's happening currently today, but I won't fill in that column until tomorrow because I won't have access to the data. Let's see, Lonnie, swipe up is supposed to become a link sticker on stories in a few days. Probably keep people on the app longer. Oh, okay. You know, I think they do that on YouTube stories as well when you get to a certain thing. Oh, no, what? No, it's you can link to um, your own videos on YouTube with a link sticker. That's what it is. And I had, and you know what, Lonnie, now that you say that, I remember having seen that. But I also believe, and I could be incorrect here, so I'm going to have to look it up, but I also believe that I saw a video about them testing that. I remember this now. I saw a video about them testing that. Somebody on like a reel was saying, hey, here's how you can add a link without 10,000 followers. And they were like testing it somewhere that, you know, that I don't have it. Uh, so a different country from the U.S. And I think in that video, it, they said that you don't have to have 10,000 followers anymore to link. I don't know. I could be wrong. though. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Gotcha. Thank you, Tom. You're very welcome, Brian. No problem, man. Uh, Burroughs also might be a dumb question. No such thing. Uh, but how did people notice TD was down last night? Just want to know if there are indicators I can keep an eye out for in the future. My guess is, uh, people saw that their conversions were, their cost per conversion was skyrocketing and then went to toned in to like make sure everything was cool there and then like couldn't log on. That's my guess. I didn't get any notification about it. I didn't even know it was down until somebody mentioned it in here. So <laughs> is that, yeah. Okay. Intact. It noticed it by really reloading the stats page. Yeah. There you go. Well guys, on that note, I'm going to sign off. Uh, thanks for bearing with me with the, uh, video shutdown today. Although nobody said anything, so it must not have been that big of a deal, uh, which is very good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to log off. Um, Thank you all for being here today. As always, I appreciate you hopping into these things and asking questions and just hanging out, spending an hour of your day with me. Like I know that there is a ton of call for your time in the modern world. So the fact that you're here for an hour to hang out with me and with each other is super dope, man. And I just appreciate you. I really do. Um, look for this on my podcast, Sounds of the Future. I'm going to post this whole episode next week or this whole live stream next week on an episode if you want to come back and listen to this in audio format and don't want to watch the video again. Like if you're in the background, you're cutting your lawn, whatever you do. Um, if there's something that you want to hit on again, uh, it'll be an audio land. So you can check that out. And there will be a link in the description of this video that you can go uh, subscribe to the podcast if you want to, so you don't miss it. So yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, I will be back or we will be back next week, same time, noon central time. And until then, I hope you have a great week, a great weekend, and uh, I'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you.